0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Road of Is. College football podcast. I am excited to be here with the one, the only Matt wispay It has been a long while. So if you don't care about my life or Matt's life, skip forward like you know two minutes because we're gonna rip for a bit. Matt, how the hell are you? I
2: am very good. It has in fact been quite some time. I think our last podcast together was um probably one of the Campus to Canton like shows where we we ran in on both. Uh, yeah, we both did a feet. rookie
1: a rookie mock
2: yeah draft. so the downs or the the positive of that is i obviously get to talk to you and travis and that's always a good time the downside is travis does a better job of not letting me talk over people and uh just oh. shout nonsense nor and he keeps me from ranting for like 4 minutes and some people might call that a good thing i call that um
1: It's dictatorship is what it is. Yeah,
2: I mean, what are you trying to do,
1: Travis? Command and control. We want trust and inspire leadership on this podcast. That's a shout out to Stephen Covey. I'm reading that book for work. It's actually very, very good. Yeah, no, this week has been... No, this month. No, since Memorial Day has been fucking bananas. I uh, got COVID. My ex-wife told me that she wanted to sell the house... That we had so I had to sell that, find a new place to live that was close enough to the kids' school, had all the stuff for the dogs and all that stuff. Move, sell a house while she was on vacation. <laughs> um, so it's been a, a fucking lot. Finalize the divorce, had to like do all the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. I, I texted Travis and you. I was like, man, big day. Just finalize the divorce stuff. And you guys were both like uh congrats question mark i was like no no no. this is a very good thing we're happy we're happy so uh yeah life is good I, one um, second i
2: believe what i said to you was i'm not um emotion or i'm not emotionally equipped to give an appropriate response <laughs> so congrats um,
1: <laughs> yeah i think you did a great job you don't give yourself enough credit no i'm um that's me. yeah it's great <laughs> um you have some i don't know are we sharing news No. um
2: no. i nah no, screw it Matt has a baby eventually coming in yes. a while. So yes, um,
1: we're excited. Yeah.
2: That's a um, that's a thing that's happening. But so that's but that's a long way down the way, so it won't even be until after the football season. But <laughs> I mean You're
1: planning things correctly then,
2: it sounds like. Although paternity leave could have been nice. Effectively. Yeah, I mean, I don't really get paternity leave. I'm okay. in a very. Oh yeah, we're small in America. I forgot. <laughs> I'm in we're a in very America. small company now. My paternity leave is my PTO, so yeah. it's whatever I have left in my PTO bank. Um, but no, it, it's obviously very happy news. Um, but to be honest, we haven't talked since like everything happened in football.
1: Um, oh shit, man, that's crazy. So Let's go.
2: how do you how do you feel about your team not being in a conference anymore?
1: Well, listen, you want- listen, listen. The I'm the sorry. Big Twelve or the Big Ten will welcome us with or arms wide open. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do think it's... Um, Oregon, I think is fine. You know, they're a big money school; they'll, they'll be fine. They'll they'll land on their feet. Um, mm-hmm. I worry about teams like where I live, the hat I'm wearing, the CU Buffaloes. You know, what's going to happen there? Like, do they just go back to the Big Twelve? Uh, I, I mean, don't know the Big was... Twelve wants them. Like, I mean, it's 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 hard for these smaller schools. I think to kind of end up in a, in a good situation because mm-hmm. uh, it's not great for the Pac-12. I mean, that was the talk for a little, at
2: least a little while, is that there were conversations happening that Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State were all in real conversations with the Big 12. Um, I've heard, I mean, there's a lot of speculation out there that the Big 10 is really solely focusing on Notre Dame as their priority remaining school. And with them, they would do things to try and maintain some of their like true rivalries, such as uh, Stanford is a team that's floated out there as another Ohio or as another Big Ten school. Um, So it'll be interesting. But to be honest, I think the craziest part about this is like. Like conferences don't mean anything anymore, like there used to be like some type of like regional love that went with these conferences, like like the Southeastern Conference now incorporates basically all of texas which i think no one in texas would even consider themselves like the south like the south <laughs> i mean texas sort of considers themselves they're we're their texas. own thing like yeah. we're, no we're not we're not the south we're texas we're um and it's just this weird like it's kind of interesting because now it's like and the big 10 which used to be the midwestern conference now has like literally has coast to coast coast to coast uh, reach. And they have, I think they have teams in like the four biggest media markets. It's insanity. So, yeah. I mean, it's all a big money grab. I, the hope is if my hope for college football is that you sort of see either like the ACC sort of like something happens that allows them to like grow up, grow a little bit and expand, because I know they're kind of locked in until 2035, if their contracts stay the same. Um, but I would love to see it like if we are going to get super conferences, I hope they're like legitimate super conferences and it's you get four of them. I would love right. to see like four 2014 conferences. So that way we're still getting a legit college football. But who knows? I, I mean, we're still probably two years away from really starting to feel the impact of it all. Um, but who knows? It's going to be it's, all
1: all I know, Matt, is that I have been counting down the days until um the uh ncaa football 23 oh, comes soon. out but they better have customizable conferences oh. and playoff structures what? because that shit's gonna be bananas oh uh, real one... quick though we haven't told people what we're doing in this show uh in a minute we're gonna this is you know this is what we podcast. do we talk <laughs> yes but we are gonna give you our best bets um uh some future bets some win totals uh maybe a couple heisman sprinkles i've got some week zero week one plays i'm going to be uh giving out so so we are going to get into that but we do need to want to uh talk about this other stuff first so continue please so well
2: the one perk of like it's not obviously not a perk but the perk of ncaa kind of disappearing for the time when it did is it missed a lot of the consoles like it missed the non-auto up like non-ability to auto update everything. Right. Like to right. just blow up everything with like a single click. Um like that. it it was sort of pre-DLC when it comes to video game. And like now I think that the perk is that when we get when the game does come out, when NCAA 2023 hits the shelves, I, I genuinely think we're gonna have like just a really interesting like I I'll be honest. Like do you remember the recruiting function? Oh in, yeah, that was my I, that was why
1: I played that game.
2: Was for I recruiting. do I recently during COVID I was bored and I basically ran a sim season where I'm literally just recruiting, yep. just setting coaching. I didn't play a, a uh, lot yeah, of times. Me
1: too, me too. I um, do that
2: too. But so like the recruiting function that came was so simple. Now I like how do they function in like a thing like NIL? How do they function yeah. in like, um, like like. I was even
1: thinking, the, like, how much, like, you're like gonna have to portal. choose how much you want to, yeah, how much, uh, like, whatever points you want to yeah. use to talk to players to keep them from transferring out. You know, yeah. like, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great I, I, if they um, do we, that game well. Football, it's gonna be crazy. We, to, we have so much college football, real college football, to talk about. Um, I, you, you I'm seeing I'm being a command and conquer leader right here instead of this is why I'm. Not, um, no. So, do what we're you going do best? To, no, I, I do want to talk a little bit about some college football stuff. Um, I had a question for you, just kind of in the vein of this upcoming uh, season. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. What was your favorite off off season storyline? Like, was it the conference realignment no. stuff that you hit at the top, or is there something else that was like? It could be a, a, a play, it can't be Ohio State related, but is there a, a specific player? Is there a specific event that just kind of either triggered you or delighted you? I mean,
2: it's hard not to have some level of, like, nostalgia and love for, like, what college football can be with, like, the whole Lincoln Riley thing. Like, to be honest, I think people sort of forget, because of everything that's happened this offseason, how bananas it was when Lincoln Riley was like, oh, Lincoln Riley's considering LSU, no, 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 no. He's going back to Oklahoma. And then like a day later, all of a sudden he was the head coach of USC.
1: And, <laughs> yeah.
2: and then the fallout from that, where like this amazing 2023 recruiting class that he had built, basically all of them decommitted transfer or like chain flip their commitments to USC. Um, his 2022 cycle basically all dropped. And then all of a sudden like Caleb Williams entered the portal and it was like, Oh, really? Like what Lincoln Riley just did is in a matter of like minutes, basically got USC back to relevancy. And it was just kind of a like, I think that's that story because it's been so long since it happened. People just forget like the true insanity of what was going on. And then like, just think like that Brian Kelly to LSU happened like a week later. And that story, when you like is in its own right, insane but it sort of feels like an afterthought of what happened this offseason because of how big it was i mean and also look at ho- who oklahoma replaced him with like that the coach that we've been sitting here saying like whenever this guy wants an elite job he's going to he's picking and choosing and he picked oklahoma right like the it was just it was a lot of insanity that happened in a really big way and honestly like it's the biggest coaching move potentially of like the last 20 years i mean sort of but like it's one of the biggest coaching moves but like the only thing that the way like it
1: happened in- was so crazy yeah like you're saying it was just nuts none, so, none I mean, of us would have like if, if that would have been like that whole storyline we could have put money on it i mean you're talking like plus 850 or more yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like but you're I, making a lot of money on
2: that stuff but now like think like after last season like USC, if anyone told you like, oh yeah, USC might make the playoff in the twenty twenty two year, you'd have laughed at him. You would have said, okay, so how are they getting? Like, doesn't matter who they have as a coach. Like, uh, there's not, there was no scenario where you are putting a coach that has been to the playoff multiple times, and then him subsequently bringing along the top player from his school that he was at, and then also just like real any like. Really, any elite skill player that hit the portal all of a sudden was considering USC. And it was just this kind of this constant effect or constant thing that was sitting out there. And it all kind of just was it. it, I mean, if USC makes the playoff this year, I'm not going to be shocked. I don't I still don't think they do, but I I won't be shocked. shocked. I mean, I I think they're going to struggle still because you still if with, with the reality is USC has to build up like offensive line and defensive line play in order to really hang with like there's the teams like Oregon and uh, Utah they're they're still going to give them trouble because they can probably beat them up for a little bit. And you're probably going to catch a dumb loss somewhere in that schedule, even if they're favored for every game. Uh, I'm not saying they will be, but even if they were favored for every game, the likelihood is that USC is not really built to run the table yet. So I, yeah. I, I mean, it's but just, I think I, that
1: is the key word,
2: and I mean that's yeah. to me that was the craziest off season story, and it's insane to say when you had things like a quarterback getting a rumor nine point five million dollars, a quarterback getting an eight million dollar deal in recruiting, Arch Manning existing. Um, <laughs> by the way, I, I have to say this on the record: um, Arch Manning is not the QB one in this class. I like Arch Manning. I think Arch Manning is an absolute five-star. Um, he's not a perfect prospect. He's not this super-duper elite prospect. He's he's number one because his last name is Manning and because there is some level of pressure on recruiting sites that if you are going to put Arch Manning in that like upper super-duper echelon, that he's going to get number one because if he's not, everyone's going to question you. And so... I mean, it, I just think that's it's, it's worth noting, and I want it on the record. My my QB one in the class is is your future quarterback Dante yes. Moore. Um, I would also consider Malachi Nelson up in that range, and to be honest, I really like Nico Iyama. Nico Iyama-Lieva. The only reason I don't, I I'm a little worried about him is just that that offense that he's going to. While it is going to allow him to be hyper productive, is so far and away from a pro style mm-hmm. offense that it just scares me development wise. And it makes sure. me wonder if the NFL will hesitate on drafting him as high. But to yeah. me, Dante Moore is the, is the truth. And I think you got
1: a a good one. So, Oh yeah. I, I, I was pumped on that. I was actually really upset because Nico was, um, crystal balled to Oregon for a bit. And then when he picked Tennessee, I was furious, but ended up being all right. Okay. My next question for you before we hit the break and then jump into our bets is, um, What team with a new head coach are you most concerned about hitting their win total number? Okay, so I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm going to give you a list of like seven here, (laughs) some some of the big ones. So we're going to go Oklahoma at nine, LSU seven, USC nine and a half, Miami eight and a half, Florida seven, Notre Dame eight and a half. Again, that's Oklahoma nine. LSU 7, USC 9.5, Miami 8.5, Florida 7, and Notre Dame 8.5.
2: Most of those feel like smash overs to me, to be honest. I'd say the one on that list that I'd be most concerned about is Oklahoma. They did have Mm. a fair number of transfers, but I think there's as good as I, as much as I really like Dylan Gabriel, he's not Caleb Williams. And I think that if, there are if some of the Big Twelve teams that stepped up last year and kind of gave people fits, um, if they're out there, like there's an opportunity for Oklahoma to slip up a couple of times. Like there is a chance that like an Iowa State who's always giving them um, giving them issues could go out there and give them another tough game. There is a chance that Quinn Ewers really does elevate Texas to this really high level offense, and they like that shootout game goes the Texas way there is the chance that Baylor continues some of their momentum from that year. So nines, I mean, nine's probably safe. I think I like most of those numbers and I probably would be on the over on all of them, which I'm, I know that's boring, but like, no, no, that's I, fine. I, I, to me, Oklahoma's the one that I would feel very uncomfortable walking to. Like I have, I have Oklahoma at 9.4 and I would have a difficult time walking up to the counter and taking that. But like, Notre Dame, I have at nine and a half. Miami, I have at 9.4. Um, who else did, was there?
1: Uh, Florida with Napier. And you said that was like seven? That was seven, yeah. And then USC, of course, at nine and a half. I thought, USC, USC was an USC one. USC, I have at eight, 8.3, which... So it,
2: you would maybe be on the under there. I'd probably be on the under, but it's also... It's harder to... They're really hard to adjust for because Absolutely. you have Just to, like... You so have to massively... Change. Um, what do you have for, for LSU?
1: I'm curious because Brian Kelly coming over from Notre Dame. Um, um their win total is set at ooh, seven. Florida 7.1. 7.
2: Um LSU. 7. LSU I have at 6.7. So again, lean over. Like there's there's a lot of I maybe I, I'm I, under, I on, on all of, there's a bunch from there, probably pretty close. But for me, LSU, I know everyone hates Brian Kelly, but the truth is what he's gonna bring to that program is less miles, but probably better. Um, like a little bit more willing to adapt less miles, which is to say he's going to bring their floor up because he's not going to lose stupid games, right? Like he's not going to go out there and drop a game to Arkansas because he's going to run the same style as Arkansas with more talent. Um, and he's not going to like some of those mid and if there's a, he's not going to have them make the dumb mistake to lose a game that's winnable against Florida or like stuff like that. Like I all, I think everyone wants to just rag on Brian Kelly cause he's a really, really hateable dude. Um, <laughs> but I just think it's, I, I I'll be a little bit surprised if he doesn't get them in a good place, but yeah, maybe you're one, they struggle. So maybe LSU's the right answer there. Um, and, but Oklahoma, it's just, they, they did lose a fair bit of talent and as good as Jeff Levy is, as an offensive coordinator, there's something to be said about what Lincoln Riley was able to do. Um, so we'll see.
1: Yeah, well, that's cool. Um, I think mine would be Notre Dame. I'm not 100% bought in, uh, but we will see. Well, they're going to lose uh, their
2: opener, which makes everything a little bit
1: harder for them. Exactly. All right, let's let's uh, let's hit the break real quick, and then when we come back, we will uh, jump into it. All right, we'll be right back. A oh, run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Alright, we're back. We have got your future bets. We've got win totals. I think we've got some Heisman. We've got some maybe division or i don't know conference i should have gone
2: more random i went with i'm mostly on win totals
1: (laughs) i i am i'm 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 pretty split but uh i'd love to hear your bets that you feel most confident in again um do, do you have 10 units on the line this i do i have 10 units spread out um all right so give me your well let's both give the the play with the most units and kind of go from there, so we'll, we'll start with the uh, uh, our most confident plays first so this is this is right in my wheelhouse and it should
2: shock absolutely no one when I say that my favorite play of this entire cycle comes from the Mac oh,
1: great. Um, <laughs> is it like an over touchdown bet <laughs> like... no no
2: no my f- my favorite bet this off or this preseason is Toledo over eight wins. I see Toledo is a legitimate like top 25 level team. Um, they have a fair, they're a positive amount of players coming back. Um, they've been a very successful offensive team over the last few years. And to be honest, their schedule just isn't going to be strong. So there's a decent chance. They're just going to run through their conference play. And then they're just, they're tough. They're a tough out for every team on their schedule. So, uh, I think Toledo is going to be one of those teams that you just quietly look through the whole year and you're, Oh, wow. They got, you know, they have quite a, they're just racking up wins, wins over wins over wins. And at eight games as their win total for the year, my numbers right now have them at ten point ten point two 10.2 wins on the year. Um, so Toledo. I, I have Toledo at 10, 10 plus wins on the year. So yeah, I mean that over eight, when I saw it, it, it it stood out to me as like, yep, I'm, I'm going to be putting some money down. I mean, they start out with a non, like they start off with a division two. They've got UMass Long Island.
1: Yeah. They start off Long Island university, Long
2: Island, UMass, and then they play Ohio state. So that's a loss. Um, San Diego state is winnable for them. If they are the team that I'm projecting them to be like fringe top 25.
1: So that'll be it. That's a a tough game.
2: I mean, my Uh, numbers have them as a, I I believe like a nine point favorite on that game. Okay. Like a a fairly, fairly sizable um, one central Michigan, Northern Illinois, Kent state, Buffalo, Eastern Michigan. Like no one in the Mac is going to scare you against if they, if we see any, like if we see a team that looks very competent on offense I, I mean, you're going to see performance. So for me that like they've been consistently pretty good. And what it stood out to me is like their defense has been better than we thought over the last few years, based on my numbers. So yeah, I mean, they're not going to be this crazy, amazing team that you're just seeing, um, like challenged to be one of the best group of five teams. But I mean, I don't, see three losses on their
1: schedule i see I, I see maybe two i mean i mean i see ohio state i would think san diego state takes care of business at home but maybe i'm wrong but even mm-hmm. there that's that's just two losses i think it's that i see and then you, so now i've got so if you get if i
2: can have up and to state, three losses on this schedule um and four gives me push insurance you're talking mm-hmm. about one game in the mac that has to be a legit risk and i'm not sure there's gonna if if they get off to a good start and they do beat San Diego state, I mean, I don't know that they're going to be within four points of anyone in the Mac. So yeah, that's, That's it's a, it's a, it's a a little bit of a wonky one. It fits my, fits my wheelhouse. Um, yeah.
1: No, I I like it. Mine is, uh, mine kind of fits my wheelhouse too, because it's all about offense because I love offense. What? (laughs) um, (laughs) but I'm going to put two units on Louisville over six. Um, and my thinking here is pretty simple. Malik Cunningham is returning. <laughs> uh, he, he's coming back. And when I look at their schedule, um, yes, they, they have a couple of tough games to end out the year. Um, the, the final three games are at Clemson home versus NC state. And then at Kentucky, um, that's a really brutal way to have to finish a season. But um, I see them beating a lot of these teams because to me, the ACC is is, is pretty weak, but start off at Syracuse. Uh, that That's very winnable. I think they're better than Florida state. I think they're way better than South Florida at BC. I think they win that. And I, and I think Virginia's defense is not going to be able to slow them down. And while Virginia's offense is fun, I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up. So, so to me, there's at, at worst, it's a push. I feel really, really good about this one, and uh, I got it at minus one thirty. That's pretty solid. Um, yeah. So they lost three one score games and still went six and six last year. Uh, I think yes, they they've lost. Uh, like Tyler Harrell moving on to to Alabama sucks, but like they do have other explosive players. And to me, Malik Cunningham, uh, is a cheat code. Uh, in, in in that conference, and I think they're interesting
2: because they um like I know running backs don't really matter no, I, in college football they matter a little bit but I think so in college yeah it, they do have like Travion Cooley was an interesting freshman last year and then this offseason they brought in uh, Tyon Evans um from Tennessee. Tennessee yeah so he he was pretty interesting and I mean we'll see if like I mean I don't want to immediately write him off um because of what happened with Eric Gray last year, I don't want to put bad juju out there, but um, like I would, I'll be interested to see like what that dynamic does because he is, a, I mean, it's another quality back to put in their backfield and I'll be, that's a, he that's an offense I'll be watching. Cause I think there are some spots for um, like high scoring games. So there, that might yeah, be an DFS offense that you really target. Yeah.
1: I, uh, in a, in a, I forget if it was in our college to campus league or a different one. But I, I I have Tyon Evans. I I went for him pretty quick, <laughs> not that I mean, quick, but I wanted I wanted him on my roster. <laughs> he is
2: a guy that I have in a few spots as well. Um, so so
1: far no no major disagreement.
2: So no um, I, I well, let me let me just see what what I had for Louisville because I'm yeah. I'll be mad. Let me slowly make myself mad at myself for not playing him. Um I have Louisville at I pronounced it Louisville for anyone listening who's from there. don't get mad at me i'm uh I'm not a native, but i I know that you don't pronounce it that other way. uh it's seven is where I have them so you have yeah. a full game edge on it, so I do think that's a nice spot i I think you'll probably have a few it might be a little bit more of a sweat than you're thinking, but if you're getting a full game advantage.
1: Um oh, Louisville's always a sweat, man. I, I I played them so many times last year. Um, I I've watched a lot of Louisville and I've used them a lot in DFS in the past because their office has been so fun. So uh that'll be that'll be great. Do you have any other two uh unit you know, yeah. plays?
2: I so I'm I'm changed this up a little bit from the sheet I showed you earlier. Um so I got talked into a play this afternoon, and you saw me get talked into a play. I did. Um because I went and looked at my numbers, and then I went and looked at um, I went and looked at this uh this team on DraftKings, and then did you realize there's plus odds on Coastal Carolina to go over eight wins?
1: Um, I didn't until I saw you tweet that or you texted that to us, and and right afterwards I also played this. <laughs> so the, you can get plus one twenty
2: on over eight for Coastal Carolina. So here's a thing that people might forget. Grayson McCall is a good football player. Now, I don't think he's a pro prospect, but I do think he is a very good football player. Um, he's going to drag them to a lot of wins, and they may not be like. I don't think they were going to get a repeat of like 2020 when they looked like they were world beaters. Um, they did lose a fair bit of production. Like they're um, they get a negative adjustment um, on uh, production or returning production. But even with all of that, I have them at like nine and a half wins. Um, So it's a game and a half over what like the eight that's on the board and I'm getting plus odds. So for me, that is an absolute smash play. I, I honestly don't see this one feels like you have a lot of push insurance on it and I'm just glancing now to make sure I'm not missing something bananas on their schedule, but like they didn't schedule anything that stands out as really crazy. Like there's maybe a tough game. Like Marshall's always a tough game for them. App state's always a tough game. Like they'll probably drop to Virginia, but who knows Virginia, honestly, they lost a fair bit this off season too. And then the one like wild card on their schedule is James Madison. Who's always been like a really nice FCS program. Who's stepping up to uh FBS, um, so it'll just be a little bit, do I get the backwards? No. Um, so for me, yeah, that one, that one was too easy for me as a, as a two unit play, because I mean, yeah, when you have, you have great quarterback play, honestly, a coach that should not still be there. Like someone explained to me why Jamie Chadwell is not a head coach of a major program already. And I will Don't tell we, you that you're wrong.
1: <laughs> well, we, 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 whenever we do like our where do you think so and so or who so and so gonna hire? His name's come up with a bunch of schools. So it's definitely something that we're we're waiting for. Um I, I don't it. have any other two unit plays myself, but I have some Showered. um some other predict, predict predictions I can go with. Well, I have um, I have
2: another one and a half if you're okay. If you'd like that one. I do have a one and a half unit play, and this is one that you want to disagree with me on. Pittsburgh over eight and a half wins. I don't love um like there's a part of me that it is a little bit queasy because they did just lose a first round quarterback, but they also got someone who has my heart.
1: Um they also lost a Balitnikov winner.
2: Yeah, but I don't care about him. You no, only
1: care I, about wide receivers when they're wearing yeah. wearing your red and No, your-
2: so I, I think that um I think that this, like they're an underrated team. I think they're super well coached. And to be honest, I think that they are um consistently outproducing their numbers. Um they're a team that should suck. Uh like most years, if you look at their roster, Pittsburgh should suck, but they don't for some reason, and it's because they have Pat Narduzzi, who ma- has honestly managed to adjust year over year over year and make that team be relevant. Like, he's forcing them into relevancy every single year, and I think that that's... Uh, like, to be honest, my uh, this is a numbers play for me. This is one where I'm believing in the fact that my system isn't just saying that they're good. It's saying that this is a team that is like a top 10 level team. And I mean, I, yeah, I I mean, I do. I definitely see like, you're definitely worried that you lose Kenny Pickett and you're definitely worried when you see a guy like Jordan Addison leave, but the way they adjusted last year to completely change their system and become like, they went from being a team two years ago that was going to beat you by like scoring. What? What? what was it like? They were one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. They were a 10 point per game league and they were base or not 10 point. They were like, they wanted to beat you 20 to 19. And then last year they were like, no, we're going to beat you 50 to 40. And the fact that they were able to adjust and make those kind of moves, they really jumped up on my power rating. I have them. I have Pittsburgh at 10.4 wins. So I'm getting almost a two point edge on, um, on the number that's out there. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably one that I'm a little too comfortable with, but I really see them as a um like a, a legit threat to challenge in the ACC again, and that feels weird to say.
1: Yeah, I your confidence, and then even uh, some other people that I was listening to and uh, some articles I was reading, because I wanted to dig into this more and more, because originally I had Pitt, as an under for one of my best bets, I took it off my sheet, so I'm not going to bet it anymore. But I do think you're wrong. Uh, I think, like, or I think Narduzzi's fine. Um, I think. By the way, I couldn't come up with the name Kadan Slovis for some reason. So oh, is that why you could? I I just figured you knew we all knew. Uh, yes. No. I, in in. My,
2: to be honest, I mixed up Kadan Slovis with JT Daniels because they both transferred to like they transferred to rival schools.
1: Right. 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 Okay. Yes. But still, um, they're out of, Pitt's out of conference pits out of conference is not ideal. West Virginia, Tennessee and West Western Michigan, who they did lose to last year. So so that's tough. I mean, depending on what you think of Tennessee, of course, and the West Virginia game. I mean, that's that is uh, the rivalry game. And um, yes, I think I'm, I believe they're at home. So you, you would give it to them as a but anything can happen. So um, I think, yeah, losing Addison to me is huge. And then uh, one of the things that uh, Tom Fernelli, who, man, I would love to have him on this show was talking about on their podcast was just like how unsustainable the the turnover margin and scoring off of turnovers was um, and how it oftentimes when, when you see that, uh, that a team that overachieves uh, that next year, they it's going to be hard to count on that happening again. Yes. They have a good defense, but um, I just think the number's too high. So um while I'm not playing it as a best bet uh to oppose you because I think I went like 0 for 12 um in bets against you last year um, I, I'm gonna t- take this take this opportunity to not take the l but um I just want you to know that I disagree because <laughs> I, will, I, I feel like too uh, often I just disagree with you I mean I just disagree with everything you say and uh, gotta gotta will, point out when I don't
2: I will say if you're a college fantasy guy or you're wanting to play early DFS stuff, a guy who I think will be underpriced, um, he's probably starting to climb upwards in c to c leagues, but he still feels like a a round or two underpriced in college fantasy leagues. As Kanata Mumfield, who is their transfer from, I think Akron, um, he's good. He's a really good player. He's probably a guy that is going to be considered a pro prospect after this year. And if Slovis... Like Slovis wasn't a great quarterback, but when you put him in a fast paced offense, um, he 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 was playing a quality football and was able to distribute the ball around to the necessary receivers. And if Mumfield is as good as we thought he was at Akron, I, I think there's a decent chance he puts up pretty ridiculous production. So that's a guy that I would say like early on, like that West Virginia game, the Tennessee game, um Heck, even Western Michigan. There's a decent chance his price hasn't caught up to what his production could be. Right. So in DFS, I think he's going to be an early guy that you should be targeting.
1: I like that. Uh, I think. I think uh, like when you started talking, I was like, "Oh, I know who you're talking about," and I agree. Um, okay, you're gonna love this one. I, I want do. Wisconsin to win the Big Ten West. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say, are you throwing money away. Uh, no, I want Wisconsin to win the Big Ten West, and I can get that at plus 190. I don't think Iowa or Purdue are going to uh, step up to Wisconsin's level this year. Uh, I think Jim Leonard is one of the best defensive coordinators uh, in the country. They have and will continue to have a ridiculous offensive line, and we have the pleasure of enjoying Braylon Allen for an entire season. I'm going to be excited to watch him run the ball. Um, I don't love Graham Mertz, but is there a quarterback in the Big Ten West that you like a hell of a lot more? O'Connell, maybe? Um, Petrus, Come on, get out of here. Uh, So so I think that they just line up to have a good year, a solid year, in what I think is a, a down year for the Big Ten West. Um, My projection has them going 10-2. and Obviously, I think they're going to lose at Ohio State, and I could see them struggling at Iowa, but I think they will be um, atop the West when it's all said and done. They'll play and lose to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. Um, The the over-under team total for them is 8.5, but the juice is minus 145 to the over. So I didn't really want to play that. I I just prefer taking that plus 180, uh, and taking them to get the big 10 West. So putting one unit on that, you're a big we'll 10 see. guy. What do you, what do you think?
2: The only other quarterback in the big 10 West that you could potentially put in the same like realm. Um, Casey Thompson's a decent quarterback. Um, the transfer from I mean, Texas, yeah, we he's think a decent quarterback. Um, and I mean, they also have Chubba Purdy on that roster. So like one of For those, two quarterbacks is eventually about. going to win, um, for Nebraska, sorry, yep. on Nebraska, uh, quarterbacks in the Big Ten West that might make a difference. So, but I also don't think Nebraska is ready to make a jump. So, I like the bet. I I think Wisconsin is should pretty much always be the pick because they're just they're they're a team that I, I was about to say they don't lose stupid games, but didn't they lose to Illinois? Um, I think so, so. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're a team that's not typically going to drop a stupid game on their schedule. Um, so I yeah I like it I'm I'm not At
1: plus one ninety I liked it if it was like minus one ten I probably also you can probably play.
2: lose you can probably lose three games and still yeah. win that and that's exactly not something you can say about a lot of division plays
1: yeah so that that that's one I wanted to go with um how many would you just do a one unit on that that's one unit on that that's right okay um all right I'll do my
2: I have one Heisman play.
1: Okay, let's let's pivot over there.
2: It's a plus 5,000 Heisman play. What? That doesn't sound like something you usually do. It's not. Um, This isn't one I'm anticipating winning. This is one that I'm anticipating losing, but the odds on it um, are 50 to 1. And so there's this other team that I have as a top 10 team based on my numbers. Um, To be honest, I kind of nerfed this team a little bit because I didn't think it made a lot of sense. Uh, NC State is a team that I have currently sitting inside of my top 10. My number three quarterback in the class of 2023 is Devin Leary. His numbers, if you looked year over year, he has improved pretty substantially um, every single year that he has been the quarterback. He went from an adjusted yards per attempt of 5.5, then to 8.7, and then all the way up to 9.1 last year. He threw 35 touchdowns and only five interceptions while uh, completing uh, 65.7% of his passes for just over 3,400 yards. If Devin Leary takes another step forward and gets, say, 3,800 yards, keeps similar touchdown ratio of, like, let's just say he he jumps up to 40 touchdowns, And this is a team that's fringe top 10 and is legitimately competing for the ACC and maybe a playoff spot. I like his chances to get to New York and let's say Stroud has an off game or two, because I think what we all know is that it's really hard to come into the year as like the absolutely you're the guy favorite because they're looking to poke holes in your in your resume. And with Bryce Young, I think it's the same thing. He, he's coming off last year, but do you think they're gonna let somebody win back to back Heismans if his next year isn't like a pretty big step forward? No, that's it's sort of the problem with the Heisman is it's such a subjective thing and it allows for personal biases that now give me this guy that's a little bit off the radar. Um, the other Heisman guy that I might put a little money down on is Quinn Ewers for that same reason of like if he gets a, a hot run during the middle of the year he could build some buzz. But for me, Devin Leary is the guy that I I look at my numbers, I look at the the way that the season could shake out for him, and I say, is there a chance NC State sneaks their way into the playoff? Yes. And if that happens, then are we looking at a situation where Devin Leary is going to be an, seen as an elite quarterback who has then led his team sort of out of nowhere to the national championship playoff? And if that happens, I think Devin Leary to win the Heisman at that point, the odds are going to be like plus 200, something like that. Like he still might be a dog, but yeah, like I'm, I'm feel like I'm getting pretty good odds. I'm only putting a half unit down on it because I don't like long-term Heisman bets. But to me, Devin Leary stands out as the one guy that if you're looking for a guy that's going to kind of like blow up and be the, Oh my goodness. Why weren't we talking about him more in the preseason? It's him because I just saw that there were a few lists that had like top 10 returning quarterbacks and Leary wasn't listed, and I, I laughed.
1: Yeah, my, my my concern with this is that Dave Doran, the uh, the uh, head coach for NC State, uh, is kind of a conservative dude, likes to run the football. I think they passed them only like 53% of the plays last year. Um, I think they should throw the ball more. I just don't think they do. And while I think they... Like maybe they do switch maybe with um, Zonovan Knight and Person uh, both leaving and and Leary one year in and his success maybe maybe they do start throwing the ball more I just get nervous with the coaching staff there uh, but fifty to one odds uh, like you said you're not expecting to win you just think the value's there
2: and that's it it's I don't think there's much value in betting right now betting C J Stroud or Bryce Young and those are the two guys that are the safest bets to be sitting in New York at the end of it. Um, so if I'm in that spot, I'm looking for who do I want to place that my odds are going to be worthwhile to potentially lose or to most likely lose. And for me, that's Devin Leary has to win this bet one out of every 50 scenarios for it to feel like it's okay. And I think there are several scenarios in which Devin Leary wins the Heisman.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't have, stuff. I don't have a Heisman bet, but I'm curious if you want to take a peek real quick what Dylan Gabriel, uh, what his numbers would be because I think Oklahoma is going to have. I know you talked a little bit about them and your concern with them uh, earlier in the show, but I have them as a Big 12 champion. Um, I'm taking getting that at plus 200. I don't think Texas is ready. I think Oklahoma, top to bottom, is a better team. I don't worry too much about the changes there. Uh, for this season, I think once they're in the SEC, it's going to be a problem. I think that the um, what's the word I'm trying to say, like Dylan Gabriel arriving on campus, uh, Marvin Mims is still there. They've got great running backs. Uh, I, I think they're going to be just fine offensively, and I think Venables is going to get that defense playing right. Uh, so, so I like Big Twelve Championship plus two hundred uh because someone's got to win it, and I think they're uh, head and shoulders above everyone else uh, right now. I think they're on a tier of their own. So, with uh, with those odds, it just that seemed like a, a, a good bet.
2: Yeah, his odds to win the Heisman are uh, plus three thousand, so pretty solid. Yeah, it's not quite he's...
1: what I want to bet, <laughs> but
2: no, I um, I think he is he is a guy that could continue could conceivably continue to put up video game numbers to be We forget Jeff Levy was his coordinator once before. So he does have familiarity with how he's going to be coached. I think that I think it's possible that some way somewhere middle in the year, you're looking at Dylan Gabriel as an, as a guy who did something that put him up in that Heisman conversation. But yeah, I think that's for me, that's probably more of a stay away because I think Oklahoma probably has to run the table
1: for him to again, win. Again, that wasn't my bet. Um No, I see I a I Big 12 see,
2: champ. I have it plus 200. Yeah.
1: I I don't see any like for sure losses like on their schedule. Like no. to me they have a pretty easy uh non-conference and I think they're the best team in the Big 12. So uh it's pretty it's pretty simple.
2: <laughs> I I will say this. I have Oklahoma and this is semi hot Takeish, but I don't care. Um, I have Oklahoma as the 21st best team in the country. Um, So you definitely disagree with me. Fun fact, no, (laughs) they are still the top Big 12 team. Oh, well, (laughs) I don't think the. I think this is going to be a down year for the Big 12 overall. I think that you're getting everyone in the Big 12 right now is in a state of rebuilding. And there's a lot of teams that are on the upswing, the Baylors, the Iowa State's even Iowa State's probably reached what they're going to be as a program status, but I think you're kind of seeing like, is Texas going to make that swing up to being that top 15 team yearly? Um, Is Oklahoma going to do well with um, Venables? And I I think it's just sort of an interesting time for the big 12. I like your bets. I I mean, I told you I, I, I had them at like nine and as whatever, win. I think that almost get, I think that almost guarantees them a spot in the big 12. said.
1: I'm also placing a unit on Oklahoma over nine at minus one thirty five. There is nine and a half at plus one hundred available at some books, but I want the push insurance and I'm willing to pay the juice. (laughs) So over nine at one at minus one thirty-five. I mean, I I like I said, I think
2: I think nine sorta feels like the flourish for them. Like I don't see them making three unless this team just does not have it this year. I I struggle to see them really falling off in that kind of a way.
1: Um, and I know they lost. I know they lost some receivers. But if you look at how their offense was distributing targets last year, Jade J- Jadon Hazelwood. I always forget how to say his first Jadon. name. Jadon. Um, no, but he he Jayden. led the, he led the <laughs> he led the team with only thirty nine receptions. So it's not like they're losing a lot of uh, targets uh, in that receiver room. And I think actually they'll be able to funnel more to Marvin Mims, who I think, I mean, he showed that he was more productive on a a per target, Um, whatever. Let's continue on. Give me, give me, I've just gave you a few of mine. So let's, let's hear one more of yours. So we're going back
2: to win totals um, because that's what I did effort on this off season. Um, One of my worst teams in the country this year is the hat that you're wearing right now. I think- We're going to be wildly disappointed with this Colorado team. They're not actually one of the worst. I have them ranked 113. But I have their schedule right now. Um, I have them getting 0.7 wins on the year. Their line right now is at three. Um,
1: It started at three and a half, and I
2: didn't play it. I don't know that this is a quality football team this year. I think that they, they, I mean, so they won four games last year and I don't think Darrell's a bad coach. Um, but the four games they won last year were over a non major. I Carolina. I was at North, that game, Northern Colorado. Um, they beat Arizona and that might still be a game they can win this year. Um, Oregon state, which I think Oregon state is more on the come up of them. And then Washington, which was super weird. Yeah. Um, and that was after Washington sort of gave up like TCU in their, like they don't in their non-conference play, they could conceivably go. I mean, they, I think they will be will. big dogs in all three games. TCU, TCU
1: Air Force, and Air Minnesota. Force, yep.
2: Minnesota, UCLA feels like a loss. So then they're at Arizona. So that might still be a win home against California. I, I'm not gonna, I, I bet they're two touchdown underdogs um Oregon State on the road that feels like a game they're going to lose this year Arizona State we don't really know what they are this what they will be at this point but I still feel like that team is just more talented than
1: Colorado guess where I'll be on November 5th I'll be at I'll be at Folsom Field to watch Oregon trounce Colorado but then they but
2: then they end the year at USC at Washington and home against Utah if that's you rough. can find me 3 guaranteed wins on there, I will call you a liar. Mm-hmm. If you can get show me 2 guaranteed wins on there, I will say check again. And that's why that number to me stands out as it just doesn't feel right. It feels like that one should be at 2.
1: Um if you're, because if you're wondering think, why I'm on my phone. It's because I'm I'm logging into DraftKings to place this bet real quick. Yeah, like it's It doesn't feel like
2: that one to me feels like it's, it's just off by about a
1: win. And I would be as bad as their offense was, they're losing 2 they're losing the 2020 um, offensive player of the year in the PAC 12 um, Mm -hmm. in Jarek Broussard. And they lost Jerry Rice's kid Vernon rice. So like you're losing two of your better offensive weapons, um, Brandon Lewis has shown he can't play quarterback. I don't know if this other guy that they brought in is is any good, the transfer. Um but to me it's a real terrible situation to be uh to be in.
2: So for me it's just I I I'm I'm trying really hard to get them to a situation where they're winning football games. Um and are like this the problem is, is this just might be a dumpster fire team all year and seems like that they're you essentially are looking for do they fold or does something rally them? And maybe maybe Darrell rallies them that they pick up a win somewhere here and there to just avoid going winless. Like maybe that Arizona game really is something that they like circle the calendar for is like we can go there and ruin their day. But I don't, I mean, unless Arizona State is a true dumpster fire, I honestly see them struggling to get to two wins that even if this number were two, I'd probably still be considering it. So that's rough. It is and I and I feel bad saying that cuz I've always liked Colorado. I I mean they're they're a very likable team. But yeah, that number's that number's tough for me. Um the other that's team
1: at minus 110 is what I'm seeing it right now as I just play yeah, so yeah. With that's right. I, I mean it's you're not getting juice on, on it. I just put two units on it. So. <laughs>
2: uh the other one um my 122nd ranked team is a uh, UNLV UNLV went two and ten last year. They were not very good at football. They're not getting dramatically better this offseason. Um I understand they had like a guy who they had a coach who came in during the 2020 season, and that's just it was going to be rough. And then he really only got a full season last year, and they went two and ten. So maybe it's hard to judge him based on that. But man, it's it's hard for you to find a situation where you're wanting to the pick UNLV a whole lot. Like their wins this year are Idaho State for sure, maybe New Mexico. New Mexico's real bad. New Mexico is real bad. They're my second worst team in the country. But that's only like on a the way I have it right now. They UNLV would only be no, they'd be nine point favorites over New Mexico. So let's say they get two wins there. I I mean. I don't see four wins. And that's the problem is like their numbers four and a half right now. Now it is juice to the under it's uh it's minus minus one forty on the under. But yeah, that one to me, it stands is, out as like just really
1: high. Is there a juice that you're not willing to play when it comes to future bets? I yes and no. Like it's sort of play
2: it by ear. Um, I I tend to to avoid ones that are like in this range. I honestly almost backed off this one. There was one, what was the one um I think UAB I backed off the over because of some juice and I yeah. backed off because um, I backed
1: off Wisconsin because it was minus 145. But when 35 I'm fine playing.
2: I think it's it's all dependent on how much like how good I feel about it. And for me, UNLV playing a not great schedule Still only came up to 2.4 wins um yeah. on the year when their numbers for 4.5. I just it it didn't make a lot of sense to me. That number stands out. And it seems like, to be honest, the betting market is speaking if it's already juiced to 140. My guess right. is that line within the next week drops down to four, drops down to three and a half, not super far after that. Like I think there's a decent chance this UNLV line keeps moving because the juice is screaming that they're they're wanting somebody to take the over and no one's coming to the counter.
1: Uh quick question for you. How many plays yep. do you have left? I still have 5. I have 2, so you can go. All right. Um I have another um conference one. I Love have it. Utah to play in the Pac-12 Championship game. I get that at plus 115. So the Pac-12 is doing things different this year, as I'm sure everyone knows. The two teams with the best winning percentage will be in the Pac-12 championship game. So essentially, uh, two from the t- south or two from the north, just the two best teams are going through. So basically, I'm getting plus money odds because to me, it's a it's a three-horse race. You've got USC, Utah, and Oregon to me, and I just need Utah to be one of those teams to make it. Uh, it just feels like a good bet. I think... Honestly, I think Utah ends the season with the best record in the Pac-12, uh, but this just gives me a little bit of insurance while still giving me plus money. Uh, they're returning a lot of really quality players ever since they brought Cameron Rising in. Because uh, remember, Charlie Brewer started with Utah last year, who I was really excited about because I am an idiot. Um, but uh, Cameron Rising, it seems to be um, a very, very good quarterback for this system. Um, we right. both like the head coach there. But it was like, I mean, he's been there forever. We love him. Uh, I, Did you forget his name? Yeah. Uh, if you look at last year, Kyle Utah, what is it? It's Kyle Whittingham. Kyle, yeah. It was Whittingham. I just couldn't remember his first name. A, a, a T name was coming. It was Tom. Um, anyway, um if you look at the two games that Oregon and Utah played last year, I think the combined score was like 61 to 17 or something like that. Like they trounced Oregon. And while Oregon has a different team now, yeah, they got a brand-new coach, a brand-new quarterback. They got a lot of changes, and I like Oregon. I almost played the under on the Oregon win total at 8.5, but I couldn't do it. Um, but I think Oregon has a down year. So, yeah, give me Utah, plus 115. Um I One have...
2: sec, let me – I just have to throw up a point on that. Utah is my yeah. sixth-ranked team coming into the Do year. you so you agree with me <laughs> yeah i have i have them at 10.8 wins i their over was one of the ones i stared at for a little bit i think your play of them making the title game is very solid
1: yeah um i i can't remember uh i think their over under was eight and a half which i like the over but the juice was minus 135 so i just liked getting the plus 115 and having them in the pack 12 final so you know me, I, I love getting those, the better numbers, even if it means uh, less likely to win. I mean, you say SM, that like you're obviously. like
2: you're crazy for looking for value.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I want to put one unit on one of my favorite teams to watch, and that's SMU. I just think they're fun. Um, yeah, Sonny Dykes is gone, but I like Rhett Lashley. He's a guy that you and I have talked about before. The I'm going over seven at minus one oh five. Um we've got 13 starters coming back, including Tanner Mordecai. Uh, one of the things I'm really excited about uh, with this team is Kamar Wheaton. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do there. I still think there's um, something exciting there. So yeah, I, I like SMU. They also brought in um, some, some fun players, uh, Bo Corrales from UNC we've got Teddy Knox and Covante uh, Dixon from Texas. Some, some, good receivers that I think are going to make for like, while Reggie Roberson and gray are gone, I think they're going to be able to, to be just fine on offense. They play at Maryland, which is, you know, uh, maybe a tough one. TCU is maybe a tough one. Um, Those are some of the toss up games, but I think they win both of those. um, And I just think, I, I just think it really, like, so they're scheduled. They're at North Texas home to Lamar at Maryland, home to TCU, at UCF, which is the first game that I don't have them favored in, then Navy, then I think they lose against Cincinnati, Tulsa, Houston, USF, Tulane, and Memphis. So there's two losses on there that I'm like, yeah, for sure they're going to lose those. But the rest are are toss-ups or wins. And I I think SMU just comes out. uh, um, I I think they win eight games, obviously. Um, I can't imagine them only winning six. What do you have their number at? 8.2. Eight point two. Oh. So Very over seven sounds good. Comfortably Great. good. Yeah. Sweet. Um, all my re- the rest of my plays are all like early season games. Um that I that I so like the, end, the value on win- now. So yeah, me, yeah, give us your win total. Let me last two
2: win totals. So I have um a team that I just think is gonna be consistently good and plays in a fairly weak conference. Um I have them as a fringe top twenty team right now. Um is UAB. Um, eight and a half wins you're getting plus money on it at plus 115 i don't love i genuinely like eight and a half is a weird spot because you really do not have a lot of wiggle room and like especially with teams that aren't amazing and they're they have a new coach this year but whatever um they're gonna lose to georgia
1: I, I almost think that them having a new coach is why this number is a little too, like why they set it so low. And yeah. I, I actually agree with going over on this one too. Like, so they were, I mean, in
2: 2021 with a team that was meh, they were nine and four over the course of the year. This year they've got, oh, I thought, wow, I was looking at a wrong schedule. So the de- games that I feel pretty confident, they're pretty confident they'll lose this year. I'm pretty sure they'll lose to LSU. Me personally, I think they, they'll probably lose to Western Kentucky, but I basically have those two teams very similar. And then I don't know that UTSA is going to be as great this year. Beyond that, like their schedule is very winnable across the board because we don't know if Liberty is good without Malik Willis. I mean, we know they're like <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they very well may fall off. Georgia Southern is always a tough game. Rice isn't. Middle Tennessee isn't. Charlotte they always play tough, but whatever. Um, Western Western will be interesting because it's on the road. Florida Atlantic is winnable. UTSA, I, I genuinely think without sincere McCormick is winnable. Um, North Texas is winnable. LSU isn't, so they're going to lose that game. And Louisiana Tech is winnable. I, like getting the nine wins seems very very feasible. If this number were eight, I'd be like sprinting to the counter for it. But to be honest, I I mean I have UAB over ten wins this year. I think UAB's quality. I don't, I mean, it, it is what it is. I, it scares me a little bit. This is one that I'm a little more timid about, and it's only a one-unit play. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going to lay one unit down on UAB over 8.5 wins. The last one I have, um, their schedule's always hard, and it's BYU over 8.5 wins. And to be honest, if they played an easier you have them as-
1: you have them as an over. I have them as an
2: over. And I know you, you're not a fan of that, Um, but I love their coach Kalani Satake. I genuinely think if he didn't love BYU so much, he would have taken another job by now, but I think they can pick up. I, I, I think they can beat Baylor early in the year. I think they're going to give Oregon fits. Um, and I don't think that's a lock to Oregon. In fact, I think I ha- will have them as a slight favorite against Oregon right now.
1: Um, I mean, there is a reason Dame. I said under on the eight and a half for Oregon. BYU is a, is a scary yeah. one for me. I think Notre Dame they should they'll lose
2: to Arkansas. They sh- honestly, if they play their best game, I think they can beat Arkansas. Like it's it, it's a tough schedule, but I if they're really good and I think they could be really good. I, I I think they have a coaching edge on every team they play, with the exception of Dan Lanning, or like Dan Lanning we and know maybe that, Marcus though. Freeman. We don't know. And that's so that's a and problem. Both, so like,
1: those are both first year head coaches, so who knows?
2: So I we'll see. BYU BYU is going to be the team this year that I honestly think makes a huge impact on the college football playoff because they may kill a Notre Dame team. Um, if Notre Dame is, has only one loss and is riding high and beating teams, and then they play BYU, they could slip up there. Um, Oregon may see their schedule. I mean, see their chances dashed early on. So like, this is a team that is going to have weird implications. Um, but yeah, I, it's only a half unit play for me, but you're getting plus odds on a team that, I mean, is really good. And I think is, is probably going to be one of the, they're not at like the 2020 team that was just killing people. But yeah, I, I mean I like this BYU team a whole lot. And I think they're gonna they're going to probably mess up one of Notre Dame or Oregon season. I think one of them is gonna lose that game.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. Um, was that your last one? That was my last play. All right. So I've got a couple early season plays for you here. And the reason I chose these ones is cause I can anticipate these numbers moving as more people start betting closer to the season. We're still far enough away that I think these are some value plays. So I'm playing them now as opposed to uh later. Although if they don't move, they might be in our uh early shows too. But uh my first one is a team we already talked about. That's Louisville. They play at Syracuse. Uh the line is minus three. So give me Louisville minus three um at Syracuse and that's at minus one fifteen. Why are you smiling?
2: 'Cause I, I know how you are where you fall in love with uh uh you fall in love with a team. Yeah. And start to like talk yourself into like this team's way better than everyone's giving them credit for. Now in fairness, you did that with NC State last year and you were just on.
1: And the but, year before that it was old Miss. Yeah. And I was on and off. <laughs>
2: that one I, so I, I mean I think I think this is probably one where I, I would agree. I don't I think Syracuse is gonna be a pretty bad team this year. Um, I like Schrader, but I don't think and I, and Sean Tucker, obviously, but I just don't think those think two that, guys are yeah, gonna be enough. Looking at where I have it right now, yeah. I mean being at there
1: the carrying. I, I think it'll be about
2: I would have it about six. So yeah. I wouldn't necessarily be like sprinting to the counter to bet this, but getting getting odds on it, I'm fine with it.
1: Uh, my next one is kind of correlates to my Wisconsin play from earlier. Uh, Penn State minus three at Purdue, and that's uh, minus 120. Uh, but I, I like Penn State a lot better than I like Purdue. I think they will be able to take care of business pretty easily uh, on the road. Uh, I don't think – is it Lafayette? Is that where Purdue is? Um, I think West so. Lafayette. Yeah, West Lafayette. Sorry. It's um, it's different. It is. Different. <laughs> um, so I like that one. Um, again, minus three is not that – tall of a number Well, Penn State's offense I think is going to be a lot better with Sean Clifford this year healthy um, but more importantly I think Sean Clifford plays well when they have a running game and their running game was pretty atrocious last year um, I think uh, Singleton Singleton right um, yeah, next Singleton. is going to uh, to make a big difference there so uh, like I like Penn State minus three did you did you look that one up oh yeah you're not gonna you like it oh giddy
2: I think at home I'd have Purdue as a Right now, I'd have them as it might be a pick'em, but maybe like a if it's not a pick'em, it's Purdue plus one or something like that, or Purdue okay. minus one. Wow! Wow! Um, oh, wow! Oh, oh. I my numbers hate Penn State's offense. Yeah. Um it had it has been not great um, for the last three years. Is how I kind of waited out my numbers. We'll see. I I don't. I don't know. I feel like my numbers are off on them. Like this is a team like I have them 36th. So and my in, numbers. In instances
1: like that, when you're not, when you feel skeptical, do you just kind of avoid those teams until you can get a, get a read for, for them? Yeah, I,
2: I think the best way. So power ratings are a great model for like building things up. And if you like if you start to see things in your numbers, um, see trends and stuff like that, that makes sense. Um, then power ratings are great. But realistically, like for a team like Penn State looking at the way, seeing that iffiness, I'm going to usually wait about four weeks before I'm really going to bet them because they're just they're a little bit off. Like something in there seems wrong. And so until we get about four weeks of data, when I can really see what they are, like where they're struggling, what are the things that's um, what are the the elements that are like their strengths and weaknesses, I'm probably going to avoid them altogether, but I, who knows Penn state could be a real bounce back candidate this year to be like a mid uh, top 20 type team. But yeah, going into the year, they're a team that scares me a little bit. So I don't love that bet.
1: Well, it was, it was bound. It was bound to happen. Wasn't it? Um, There had to be something that you just hated. I, uh, I have, I have one more for you. Um, and that is uh, a fun matchup between a, a new head coach who is a former defensive coordinator and one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the country, who their head coach also is a defensive okay, coordinator. So Georgia. Uh, we've got Oregon-Georgia under 51. Uh, I think that almost all of the points will be scored by Georgia, and I don't think they get um crazy out in front with so their style of play. Uh, what were we talking about before we hit record? I was talking about man, it's crazy how the defending national champions, uh Georgia, no one will draft their quarterback even in like depleted drafts in like C to C like Stetson Bennett, no one wants him because Georgia doesn't score uh very many points offensively, partially because they don't have to. So I think this is an old school rock fight where <laughs> Bo Nix is running for three and a half yards a carry uh, for twenty like twenty carries, three and a half yards a carry. I think that uh, yeah, Macintosh and whoever else uh, will be able to move the ball in Oregon, but the clock will be running pretty quickly. Fifty one is just too high of a number. I agree. By the way, That's I'm it.
2: staring at this and I'm gonna talk myself before. I'll just give everyone a preview on my week one, um,
1: week zero or week one, week
2: zero, two? whatever. Whenever I would bet this game. I'm just going to spoil it and say Cincinnati, if they're still catching seven points against Arkansas uh, on the road, I'm going to take
1: Cincinnati plus seven. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, steam around Arkansas. People like Arkansas a lot this year. I mean, I I think think I I don't I I think that number might not fluctuate much.
2: Yeah, I'm probably going to be on Cincinnati on that game. I think I like I'm a big Luke fickle guy. Now, maybe that's their one loss that they get early and then they just steamroll their schedule. And this team is definitely not as good as it was uh, in the past. But they, yeah, I mean, I don't think they lost anything on their coaching changes because the one coach they did lose, Perry Eliano, um, who went to Ohio State, they end up getting Kerry Combs back to take the, over the same job. And while I don't think Kerry comes a defensive coordinator, he's good with defensive backs. Um, so like, I think coaching wise, they're basically net neutral and it's how much do you believe in Desmond Ritter and Alec Pierce on offense? And then uh, I think their defense will take a step back from what it was last year, but man, I, I don't know. Who like, transferred that in, who's
1: playing like, quarterback there?
2: I think they're probably playing. Uh, what's his name? I can see him. Hold up. It's Evan Prater. Yeah. I, I would say there's a, a very good chance. He was the at the time when he signed with um, with Cincinnati, he was their highest rated recruit ever. Um, I think he is really viable as a running quarterback. So I, their offense, I don't think will be dramatically different. It's whether or not he can be the passer that Ritter was. And everyone should know by now that I don't think Ritter was an elite passer. I was so, just
1: watching. They had the Alabama Cincinnati game on the other day. Um, and so I was watching that game and just seeing, I know it's against Alabama, but just seeing Ritter miss pass after pass. I was like, Oh my God, there was so much more on the field when the game was Mm still close. Anyway, let's go through our picks. Um, I'll go first. I've got two units on Louisville over six. Then I've got Wisconsin to win the big 10 West Utah to win the not to win. Excuse me. Utah to play in the PAC 12 championship game, uh, Oklahoma to win the big 12 Oklahoma over nine. SMU over seven, and then I've got Louisville minus three, Penn State minus three, and Oregon, Georgia under 51.
2: I like all of your plays. You are a genius.
1: Except one. Um, You didn't like one of them. I didn't like three. Penn State.
2: (laughs) No, I like a lot of yours. Um, I've got, on my end, I've got two and a half units on Toledo over eight wins. I've got two units on Coastal Carolina over eight wins. I've got One and a half units down on Pittsburgh, over eight and a half wins. One unit on Colorado, under three wins. One unit on UNLV, under four and a half wins. One unit on UAB, over eight and a half wins. A half a unit down on Devin Leary to win the Heisman at plus 5,000 odds. And one half unit on BYU, over eight and a half wins at plus 115. Yeah, I'm not going to go perfect on that, but if I pick up like, I mean... I, I don't think Devin Leary is winning. You only winning have, have to hit the Devin Leary, Leary
1: one, baby. That's all you have to hit. If I win day. the
2: Devin Leary one, I win the season. Like, I <laughs> yes. like that automatically puts me massive win on this whole deal. But to be honest, <laughs> like I think one of my teams that I feel great about, whether it's BYU, UAB, or uh, Pittsburgh, or Toledo, um, one of those teams is going to let me down. I don't think Coastal Carolina will be the one to let me down. So I feel very good there. So, yeah.
1: Oh, I like it. That's good. Uh, thank you all for listening. Of course, uh, you can rate review the show. I will say, with this upcoming season, um, we will be pop. We will definitely be posting um, on this individual channel sooner than on the mainstream over at Rotaviz. So, if you are listening on Rotoviz, highly recommend you find us on our individual stream as well because you will get the information sooner, which as you know is better for betting because you can beat the line movement. All right, Matt. Anything you'd like to leave the good listeners with. Bye, Kion Grays. All right. Thank you very much. See you all later.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?